than the gospel. Okay, I turned my mic on. That helps. The title of today's message is The Importance of the Gospel to the Believer. Really to everybody, but the importance of the gospel. You know, we're often good. Excuse me. We're often good as human beings about procrastination, aren't we? To procrastinate is to put something off until a later day. You know, until it's due or past due, if you're one of my students. Uh, Mark Twain once said, never put off till tomorrow what may be done the day after tomorrow just as well. Joanne Connor said, procrastination always gives you something to look forward to. And procrastination is the thief of time. That's by Edward Young. <clears throat> Today we continue in 2 Corinthians. And we know that this letter was in response to what was going on in the church in Corinth. This is actually the fourth letter that was written to the church, but we don't have access to the others any longer. They've been lost to time. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to the death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's pray. Ah, uh, Lord, we just come before you this morning at your word. God, we ask that you would illuminate our hearts and our minds to your scripture. God, we ask that you would use me to speak your word this morning, that we may be all changed by it. And Lord, we give you all the honor and the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I know y'all probably know this, but sometimes, just sometimes, when I preach, I'm surprised by the things I say too. So, the principle for today, for the believer, the gospel is life. 
it must be shared, and it is forever the good news. The gospel is life. That's called keeping the main thing the main thing. It is the main thing. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 12 says this, out of the Berean Study Bible, it says, Now we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this surpassingly great power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on all sides, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always consigned to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. What is this treasure that he talks about, that's being spoken about? Well, it is the treasure that we talked about last week, namely the ministry of the gospel, the good news of Christ, the good news which is the only thing that can change hearts, that can change lives, that can raise up kingdoms and destroy them, and can change the thoughts of mortal men. The gospel is the only thing that can pierce the soul of a dead man and bring him back to life. How great and powerful the gospel has turned out to be in history, and it will continue to be far into even eternity itself. You see, the gospel has all the power of God behind it, but not the vessel which brings it. You know, we are compared in this scripture as jars of clay. Have you ever had a child bring you their arts and crafts home from school? Sure you have. A lot of mothers are going to agree with that. We brought our arts and crafts home, and sometimes they were made of clay, weren't they? And they didn't always make it home in one piece, did they? Because they were made of clay. And that's how we're described. They're fragile. You know, they say, oh, but we can strengthen that by putting a clear coat on it. Well, drop it on the floor and see how, how many shards that clear coat helped. It doesn't. This is why Paul compares us to these fragile vessels, these water pots, these jars of clay, that we can know without a shadow of a doubt that it is God's word that makes the difference and not us that delivers it. I am nothing. You are nothing. It is the power of the life-giving water that we bring that is everything. It is the gospel. John 7, 37 says, On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood up and he called out in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. He was speaking about the Spirit whom those who believed in Him were later to receive, for the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. But we know this, Jesus has been glorified and the Spirit has been given. It is the Holy Spirit working within us and through us that is the point, that is everything. Sometimes as humans we can get what I like to call the big head, you know. If you've ever seen some of these cartoons, they got a itty bitty body and a large head. That's sometimes our ego. We like to get the big head. 
where we start to make things all about us and not about God. We begin to think that we are something and that God couldn't replace us. Well, guess what, oh Christian? God can replace you in a heartbeat. You are one heartbeat away from meeting God face to face. We are nothing. The gospel and the Holy Spirit is everything. And we can be replaced in a heartbeat. Because of the power of God which leads to repentance and salvation and the gift of peace that he often bestows on us, we can endure many things for the sake of the cross, for the sake of the gospel. And if we're struck down, it is the gospel that will survive, that will flourish, that will happen. It is the gospel. So Paul in verses 8 and 9, he says the following, We are hard-pressed. On all sides, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carries around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always consigned to death. For Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our mortal bodies. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. And Jesus also said in John 12, Truly, truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a seed. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life will lose it, but whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, my servant will be as well. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. You know, throughout history, there's always been a Christian martyr. And we hear about martyrs, people who die for the faith. Throughout history, the believers' bodies still die today. Though they have the life of the gospel within them, The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our promise, the seal of God's promise to us within us. This does not mean, however, that this body is not perishing day by day, because it is. Nor does it mean that Christians who spread the gospel are not persecuted. Every day around the world, not only are Christians' rights being curtailed, but many a Christian today is martyred for their beliefs. There isn't a week that goes by that I don't read something in the Christian Post about a pastor or a parishioner in some other country who is martyred for their beliefs. You don't believe me? Look at any number of places in Africa. They're martyred for their beliefs. Not only are Christians to be ready to die physically, but we're to die to our wants and our desires daily in order that the gospel may go forward. Because it ain't about me, and it ain't about you, it's about the gospel. We're promised that we will face persecution. Guess what? You're going to face it in some way, shape, or form. Don't think it won't or isn't happening here today in America. True Christians and Christianity here in the States is being marginalized and persecuted on a daily basis. The new thing is that if you don't accept the LGBTQ lifestyle in your church, well, then you're a bigot. Well, I got news for you. I say to everyone, truth is truth. And we will stand on the truth of the Scripture. And if that means we're persecuted, then so be it. 
If that means that they come in here and martyr us, then so be it. For I know what Paul said in Romans 8.35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor principalities, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Secondly, for the Christian, sharing the gospel is not optional. It is mandatory. The gospel is mandatory. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, And in keeping with what is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. We who have the same spirit of faith also believe and therefore speak, knowing that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is extending to more and more people may overflow in thanksgiving to the glory of God. You cannot truly believe the gospel and not want to share it with others. Have you ever asked yourself, have you ever shared the gospel? If the answer is no, are you sure you're saved? Because when you're excited about something, you share it. Let me tell you a little story. About 10 years ago, I discovered double-edged razors. I got a thick beard, in case y'all didn't notice and I was using these disposable things. Man, all that, all that time, it cut my face up. Then all of a sudden, I found this German razor called a Merker 34C and a double-edged double blade that drops right in. And it was from Japan. And that Japan steel will slice your neck off. But it sure take care of a beard, too. I became a double-edged razor apologist at that point. I was excited. I went to all the... Be- Have you ever heard of a double-edged razor? Yeah. Well, I hadn't. Let me tell you about my murker. I became an evangelist for that thing. Folks, if we, can't get, if we can get excited over a razor... Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm the strange one. If, we can get, if I can get excited over a razor, I better be able to get excited over Jesus. Because that has eternal value. A razor doesn't. That's temporary. You cannot be a Christian and not be excited about Jesus. We believe and therefore we have to speak. We are compelled to speak. 1 Corinthians 9.16 says, Yet when I preach the gospel, I have no reason to boast because I am obligated to preach. Woe to me if I do not Preach the gospel. We know that the one who raised Jesus from the dead will also raise us up from the dead. And on that day, we will be presented before him with all the people that we shared the gospel with that became Christians. And so we as Christians are to share the gospel, knowing that it's not a matter of just wanting to share it, but a matter of having, having to share it, having to share it, having to share it. Woe to me if I do not share the gospel. Woe to me. 
It is our mandate to share the gospel. In its sharing, we find that grace is extending to more and more people. And as more and more people come to Christ, it is God who is glorified. To not share the gospel is in reality a feeble act of rebellion toward God. Did you know that? To not share the gospel means you're in rebellion. Because he said to do it. You have made a sin of omission. You see, sins of omission are things you should know to do and do not do it. And sins of commission are things that you know you shouldn't do, and you do it anyway. If you haven't been sharing the gospel, then today, my friends, you're in sins of omission. And you need to start doing it immediately and repent. You see, you have the power of life and death in your tongue. You may be the very last chance someone has to repent and come to Christ. That brings life. But if you abstain, you have exercised an authority that's not yours. It is not your authority to withhold the gospel. You have a part in that person's eternal death or life. You know, in Ezekiel, we find a similar warning when God called him to be a prophet. He said, this is a warning. Let's read that in Ezekiel 33.1. It'll be on the screen. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, speak to your people and tell them. Suppose I bring the sword against the land, and the people of that land choose a man from among them, appointing him as their watchman. And he sees the sword coming against that land, and he blows the ram's horn to warn the people. Then if anyone hears the sound of the horn, but fails to heed the warning, and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood will be on his own head. Since he heard the sound of the horn, but failed to heed the warning, his blood will be on his own head. If he had heeded the warning, he would have saved his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming, and fails to blow the horn to warn the people, and the sword comes and takes away a life, then that one will be taken away in his iniquity. But I will hold the watchman accountable for his blood. I will hold the watchman, i.e. the Christian, accountable for his blood. As for you, O son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel, so hear the word from my mouth and give them the warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you will surely die, but you do not speak out to dissuade him from his way, then that wicked man will die in his iniquity. Yet I will hold you accountable for his blood. But if you warn the wicked man to turn from his way, and he does not turn from it, he will die in his iniquity, but you will have saved your life. It's a big deal to God that you do what he's asked you to do. As a matter of fact, he's gone beyond asking. He's gone to telling. Well, who is he to tell me what to do? Um, Let me back up a few steps and just tell you he's God. That's who he is. Who were you to speak against it? And lastly, the gospel is forever. They like to say diamonds are forever, but guess what? You can lose those things. The gospel is forever. 
1 Corinthians 4.16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, yet our inner self is being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary affliction is producing for us an eternal glory that is far beyond comparison. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Because we still have a sinful nature and are still under the curse, we know that our bodies, our flesh, are wasting away daily. However, as a Christian, in fellowship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, our inner being, our mind, our will, our emotions, and our spirit should be renewed day by day. Well, how do you do that? Read the Scriptures. Spend some time in prayer. How, how, much, how would you like it, ladies, if the man in your life decided that he wasn't going to talk to you. And this went on and on and on and on. You wouldn't have much of a relationship, would you? And vice versa, man. You wouldn't have much of a relationship, would you? How can you say that you're a Christian and you don't talk to him? How can you say you're a Christian if you don't know him? How do you get to know somebody? Talk to them. What's the main way he talks to you? Through the scripture. Because of this, we could truly feel and consider that, you know, persecutions and martyrdom are light and momentary problems and afflictions when we compare it with the eternal glory that we will experience when we leave this life. Martyrdom, persecutions, oh, they're not fun. Trust me, I've lost many a job because I was a Christian. You want to hear some specifics, I can tell you afterward. But let me tell you something. It is light compared to eternal glory. It is light compared to the experience that we will have when we leave this mortal coil. So what do we do when we're persecuted? You know, it's coming here, but are you ready to be tortured both mentally and and physically? What are you going to do when you're persecuted? You going to give up? You going to give in? No. We do what we're told to do. We fix our eyes, not on the temporary world, but on eternity. The things which are unseen, the things that eternal, that are eternal, and we continue to spread the gospel both day in and day out. When we're working, we spread the gospel. We talk to people about Jesus. As we move through our daily work chores and in some days, it's like drudgery, isn't it? But in that drudgery, we're sharing Jesus. Share the gospel. Share Jesus. You can't share the church until you share the reason for the church, which is Jesus our Savior. Yeah, go ahead and invite them to church, but go ahead and invite them to Jesus first. That's the important thing. And remember this, for the believer, the gospel is life. It must be shared, and it is forever. The gospel is life, 
It must be shared, and it is forever. As the ladies come, let me ask you a question. 